0: Thanks, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We're with Tracy Lemory here from Canada, and she's a high-profile international award-winning publicist, the founder and managing director of Lemory Media Incorporated, and she's got several other awards that she has received for her work. She's also the author of the upcoming book, Get Rept, Build Your Brand with Effective Public and Media Relations. So let's welcome Tracy, and we'll get started. Welcome, Tracy. Hi
1: there. Very thrilled to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. So in your own words, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So yeah, I'm uh, the bio says I'm an international award-winning publicist working across borders and across industries, which is true. Uh, and I'm the author of an upcoming book called Get Rept, Build Your Brand with Effective Public and Media Relations. And yeah, my whole my whole career, which is hugely successful, is actually plan B. <laughs> I didn't actually have a, because my plan A was just following along whatever, you know, what what I fell into, like you said, which was at that time, entry-level sales and marketing in my 20s, but I had an activist life and an advocate life and I learned skills in that advocacy and ad- activist life um, to try to get the message out about things I cared about. I actually became incredibly, skilled and strategic at messaging and then it took me a few years to figure that out and when I thought of my plan b being a publicist there's been no stopping me
0: ever since so so how long have you been a publicist
1: so I wrote my first press release when I was 28 you know but I wasn't a publicist then I didn't start calling myself a publicist till 13 years after my first very effective media messaging so for 13 years I was a salesperson in my other life, I was doing really effective media messaging but never would have called myself a publicist. I put my shingle out and started calling myself a publicist for pay 10 years ago, literally it was nine years ago. So it would yeah, just be 10 years at the end of this year. And so I'm pretty proud to say that in that time, I didn't go to school for this, from that time I have developed literally a global reputation and international clientele. Yeah, so you can just do it. You can make your second plan, your plan B work.
0: Awesome. So let's talk about your life as an activist. So what were you going after? You know, what was that? Uh, um, you know, what was what was your mo- motive there in terms of? So I was always a,
1: as, as an anti-racist activist. You know, as a young person, and I, I think from a direct result from that, that was when I was very young. You know, and obviously still today. But um, as a, a, a direct result from that, as I became older and more aware of you know social issues, you know. Um, the, I was, you know, doing stuff like that, and then this what actually got me to be well known wasn't something again another plan B <laughs> wasn't something I had never planned. It was actually in the death penalty issue, and again we, we were not involved with criminal justice. The death penalty was not something that was even in our mind, you know. But as a direct result, and it, you know, we learned about the case of Jimmy Dennis, who was a factually innocent man. Since then, he's been released. So now the world knows he was innocent. He's been released for four years. He's a R&B artist now, making you know amazing music and change in the world on his own. But back then, you know, he was in prison, he was wrongfully convicted. And we found out about it. He was not a case that was getting a lot of attention. And for some reason that I still don't understand really, my husband and myself thought, well, how innocent can this guy be? And we decided to in those days you had to write. Was you know, we wrote and we asked for information. He sent us back, you know, 28 pages, both sides, all kinds of detail. That was galvanizing and distressing. And we were 28. We were not publicists, we certainly weren't lawyers, we had no way to help, but for some reason we had made that outreach, so what do you do when you get back a 28-page letter from a desperate person thanking you and needing help? Just say, oh, that was a good read, you know, we, so so we were, we had to do something, and so the only thing we could think of to do was to, you know, it was the early days of the internet, so my husband learned how to make a website, and I literally learned how to write a press release on the Alta Vista person to Google, literally, you know, for immediate release, one pager, and that's what I learned to do when I was 28. And we had really effective messaging, which I learned later, I mean, I couldn't have done it better now as a publicist. It was very good, very strategic. We got not only information about the case, style, but we ourselves started talking about the greater issue. And, you know, as young activists with no legal history and no media history, we were on CNN, MSNBC, Court TV, CNN, being interviewed by Dan Abrams, Catherine Fryer, Nancy Gray, all the big, you know, and it wasn't until 13 years later that I thought, hey, you know what, I'm really good at that. I could utilize, because I wasn't motivated, I wasn't thinking about making that a business. I was just thinking about the messaging and getting it out there and that worked. it was really good. And it worked so well that ultimately, you know, lawyers got involved and everybody, and then ultimately he was, after all their hard work and everything, he was freed, but also that getting our messaging got us and all that media. So anyway, I had a light bulb moment at 41, I literally went, oh, wait a minute, maybe I don't have to make you know 17 calls an hour for something I don't care about anymore. I, I know, you know, like I just literally, I wish I remember when I was thinking about the moment before that, but I very clearly remember having that light bulb moment that, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, don't they call that a publicist? That's a, hey, <laughs> and from that moment, I literally was like, okay, I guess I'm a publicist because I had a string of history. I mean, I've not just all those TV appearances, But I'd gotten us on the cover of, you know, like just stuff that activist states I couldn't believe we were able to do because we were just doing it. Thinking about strategic, newsworthy, you know, what I understand now, ways to make things newsworthy. Mm -hmm. And so when it finally hit me, and then, you know, I haven't looked back since I went out a shingle and started doing it, not just for activist stuff, but for entrepreneur. Like right now, about 40% of my work is is either celebrities or authors or public speakers or movie people or whatever and the other 60% is entrepreneurs executives but especially entrepreneurs because corporate is not that fun to work with it's all about they want to have 50 meetings of whatever messaging but when you have an entrepreneur an individual person who's trying to build something who's got a dream they have a why you know what i mean they're doing it for a reason they have thought of this for a reason. They have a story. There's so many stories there. So my job is to elevate them, to find that story, to help them tell their story. Help so basically I say I, I create stars and thought leaders. We help people come into their own and show the world what they do, what they can do basically.
0: Awesome. So this, uh, you know, this activism campaign that you mentioned, it went on for what, 20 years?
1: Yeah. yeah. He was on in prison for 25.5 years, 25 years. We got involved seven years in from 1998 and then he was ultimately released in 2017. So this was, yeah, we were, and then you look back and like, how do you keep together on anything for 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. a long time. But I credit that to him, you know, he kept us focused in terms of, you know, believing that we could get out there and that's, you know, can you imagine being in prison for 25 years and dealing with that having wow. all that, you know, but we all, you know, he, and I'm just so grateful that we all did the team because now we have this, I, I can't imagine it might've gone a different way. Cause you know, one day, Like such a gift to the world, that person, you know, my husband, I talk to him all the time every day, he's recording artist now, but way beyond that, he's doing justice work, helping to free other people, and after, you know, I feel like, wow, we could have, it's an honor, basically, it's a, you know, it's an honor to have been involved in any part of that story, and it's, I have to say, when people talk, it it always sounds like, oh, so, oh, good for you, like, you're a hero, and I always want to dial that back, because I'm not, we're all the same. What And why did I do that for 20 years? You know, why don't other people do that? I don't think it's because I'm better or, you know, kinder. I think it's because I felt more, I felt empowered. Just like I do a, a lot of things. I, I, I learned very young that I can make a difference. You know what I mean? Most people I think don't make moves like that for the same reason they maybe want to start a company, but they don't start a company. Or even they want to write a book or they don't write a book. Or they even want to go on a worldwide trip and they never do it. Because you just, they just don't take the first step or the don't feel capable of it and i've never paid attention to that i always say just i don't like to quote nike just do it and i, and I really hate that um fake it till you make it i hate that but what i do like is i quote the rocky horror picture show i get what they're trying to say with "fake it till you make it but i think much better than that is rocky horror picture show the song in the song don't you never heard that in a business meeting before but don't dream it be it is a line yes. from the song and that is like because it's, it's saying the same thing as they're trying to say with Uh, don't you know fake it till you make it or whatever they're saying do something don't wait right but no you're not faking it you're doing it if you you conceive of it and strategize and then you just take the first step and then you realize hey look where I am now hey I guess I'm in the game you know and then you get that confidence to keep going and so you know don't let them tell you that you know people would thought we were nuts I'm sure they didn't didn't say it but I'm sure they thought we were nuts with this death row thing you know like what do you do you know Oh, well, you know, well, oh, David Tracy and their death row thing. Well, you know, yeah. Until the day that man was released, now, now we're heroes. Well, for 19 years we were crazy. <laughs> you know, so you have to believe in yourself and what you're doing, and then you, you just do it.
0: So the services that you provide, uh, are, you know, under your company banner, can you talk us through those?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. Um, again, basically elevating and celebrating what people are doing. So no matter what it is that you're doing, I make the world. Sit up and pay attention to it. So, if people are often surprised when you talk about the client base, because again, they, they expect politicians and movie stars and all that. And, and again, those, you know, I don't like the politician action anymore. I used to, but now I don't. But uh, movies and film and all that, sure. But other than that, I've, if I look at my clients here, I have a luxury real estate agent, I have uh, a stylist because we worked together for two years. Now they're a celebrity stylist. Before that, they had this or that little thing. And then we build them up to the point where they're being quoted globally. Now they are the celebrity style. What you do, it's not even about celebrity. Maybe the thought leadership phrase is better, you know. but it's about literally letting the world know that what you do. So that's what I, I find ways to do that. I find ways to get my client, number one, the old standard press releases and all that, get media attention. I monitor also the media landscape, incoming media landscape, all these different sources from like the sources like Podmatch Match and Matchmaker and podcast matchup services that match up You know, my clients with, or me with people who might want to interview us for my clients in that same way there's there's media mainstream media where you know a reporter from oprah.com or a reporter from readers digest who's on deadline Tuesday at six and I speak to her, whatever. So I'm monitoring all of those incoming opportunities to my clients. I'm looking and reaching out for opportunities. I'm researching till three morning on a global level to find if there's awards my clients might qualify for. If there's, So literally, I'm always looking for ways to make them, literally, to make them, to show the world a bit of stars. Everybody that I take on, I consider a star, you know, whether they're a celebrity or whether they're, they're I mean, they may not consider themselves a star. They're awesome in their field, they're leaders. They may not have done any media. And so it's my job to show, you know, elevate. They're not even elevate because they're publicly elevating, but they're already doing this amazing stuff. And I'm showing what what they're doing. So basically, it's a way of thinking of PR is like a cousin of marketing. Every entrepreneur knows about marketing, they know about advertising. But the the PR component is related, but it's different. The the thinking that you need to access media in the newsroom is completely different from the advertorial mindset that entrepreneurs are used to. So I, I do a lot of teaching as well these days about the difference between you know editorial versus entrepreneurial, or sorry, editorial versus advertorial, because advertorial is what we're used to talking about our product. But the advertorial, it will keep you out of the newsroom. So you have to get your head around how to be a source, an expert source, without trying to sell your product.
0: And where are your clients mostly from?
1: In terms of location? Yeah. Literally all over the world. Even when I started, I had more clients in Los Angeles than I did in Canada. I have, you know, clients in Canada. I have clients in Los Angeles. One of the uh, Africa's biggest uh, television stars is my client. She's in Ghana. Um, I have a client that just hired me this morning, who is in the Netherlands. I have, yeah. So I'm literally right across around the world. Anywhere in the English-speaking like anywhere where there's English speaking media or any client who wants to get into English speaking media. because so no matter where you are, I will, you know, work on your local media, but I also recommend, you know, no matter, even if you're a real estate agent in Ottawa, and you never have other international clients, right. Building your brand on a global level, it builds, you know, it, it, it differentiates you from your competitors on the local level. When you put that on your website, it differentiates you from your, From your competitors, it attracts customers. It excites existing customers. Oh my God, look at my, whoever, my publicist is on TV, my stylist is there, and they share that and it builds that excitement. And then also one component that entrepreneurs should understand, especially if they're looking at startups. I had one client say to me who was in the funding, you know, route, right? She was on the, I just passed their pre-seed funding and we're going for their funding. And she said, after six weeks of working together, you've changed my business and my life. And like I always say, I get a lot of accolades, but I was, that's a lot of big ones. So I'm like, whoa, what, what, what do you mean? And she said, you've made investors take this more seriously. And That's key right there. Because when you think about it as an investor ready to drop or not drop a whole bunch of money on a company, what do they have? They look at the deck, everybody has a pretty deck. Then they go to the internet and they're searching to see who these individuals are. And you know, they'll see all your CV, your LinkedIn, all that stuff. But imagine the difference if they also, as they determining which company to give money to, then they also so just went up and there's, you know, five articles talking to you about how you're an innovator in your space and the industry magazines talking about this award you won and then, well, boom, right? And that's the exact same client who, like, they do, even like do the same thing, but media doesn't know if you don't tell them, if you don't find ways to reach this out. So that third-party credibility is super important in so many different ways. It's social cred, they call it, or whatever they call it these days.
0: Absolutely. So you've been doing this for years now, right? Are there any... Fun stories you'd like to share? Oh, there's so many
1: stories. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where to start. But I mean, you know, there's there's just you would have to. It would have to be more. Is it about you know a funny media thing I got in, or a way I got something in media, or where? I think the funnest thing. Is- it was a funny story but a fun story is the fact that after all this and you heard my origin story and how i'm just a crazy actress i never went to school for this i should never have been able to actress. well now in my life other than covid take covid out of it you know is literally vip like normal in a normal years vip parties and travel also a lot of you know sitting up till 4 a.m researching and finding stuff for my clients and a lot of boring desk work that nobody sees but also there's the celebrities and the parties and the vip and the travel and the palm trees and all that and like I never should have been able to access all that. How did that happen? In in twenty nineteen, I had nine business trips, eight countries. No wait, eight, eight, nine business trips with eight different clients, five countries on four continents. I didn't pay for anything except for the flight to Vegas at the very end. So like, I literally saw the world from the Mediterranean to the Caribbean, from the all for work. <laughs> like supposedly they, you know, so like, and, and you know that can happen, and. It, But I mean, if I if I plan to do that, like I don't even know how I would have built that trajectory. You know, like it just literally happened for me. My plan B was because I start, you know, it came. My plan B, I saw my plan B suddenly. You know, I was just doing plan A, plan A, plan A. It took a long time before I suddenly saw that plan B was sitting right in front of me the whole time, and then it hit me like a light bulb moment. I'm like, oh. So the lesson is, you probably didn't free an innocent man from death row, but everybody has something you know, that they're passionate about, whether it's a hobby or a cause or an issue or whatever. And they feel like their day job, you're not supposed to really like, you know, you just have to get through your day job to get to the stuff you really like. But the really truth of the matter is, you know, even if you like sports and you're never going to be an athlete, there's a million jobs around sports, in sports, that you could probably do and love your life. So just really think about like, you know, taking, that's my lessons, man, why didn't I do this so much earlier? Why did I think, you know what I mean? Like, why did I not think early? I'm smart, I'm strategic. Why did I keep on doing these stupid sales jobs while I had this brilliant like skills? Oh, because I was not, day, you know, I wasn't my day job. <laughs> but we need to start thinking about what we can do and what our skill set is and go beyond what they told you
0: you can do. So tell us about your book and when did that come into being?
1: So that was the uh, impetus for that started several years ago when I worked with one of my first clients, Lou Bear. Um, who's now the CEO of Propriety Publishing, as well as her original thing was Civility Experts. And I had helped her. She had a book called The 30% Solution, and she hired me as a freelancer to help build that business book. And it became a business bestseller. And it's basically about how um, civility in the workplace affects your bottom line financially up to 30%. So in, in terms of customer retention and employee retention and training and all that stuff. So we made that book a business bestseller. And after that, she was just like, she decided to to move away from the publishing company she was with and start self-publishing several years ago not on amazon but like you know create her own publishing company so she did that and then she had a few other people she she decided to publish for other people in soft sales or soft soft skills kind of stuff and then about a year after that she came to me and she said you know what will you write the book (laughs) literally write the book on pr because of the fact that we had made her business books and other business books that she was promoting bestsellers she's like PR is like a soft skill, meaning soft skills and you know communications and all that. And her publishing company focuses on soft skills. So she asked me to write the book. And um, so I'm writing the book. So yeah, it's, it's taken a while because i was so busy doing the PR that I wasn't stopping to write about the PR. But then in COVID, I got a little bit more disciplined on that, even though I'm still super busy. I actually put into my schedule an hour here to write, an hour to write. So now, yeah, get wrapped, build your brand with effective public and media relations. And it's the same... You know, a lot of it's talking about the same kind of things I talk about in all these podcasts, editorial versus advertorial, um, explaining to to, um, entrepreneurs why they need to think about this. Also, what they can do on their own, what they need a publicist for, you know, different things like that. And also there's a part in the end that talks to marketing and salespeople about would this be something you would want to consider? And I put that in because I just love this so much. And I'm so sad that I could have left, I could have spent my whole life just, you know, being in somebody's marketing department, never realizing this, but yet the skills that I had, you know, were very um, translatable to this with a little bit of figuring it out and nobody even taught me. So I also have that inspirational bit of the end. Yeah, like, do you think you could do this? You probably could and you might love it. <laughs> so you don't have to go to school for five years, just do this, this and this, build your reputation.
0: How do uh, people, you know, that work with you, how do you work with them in terms of measuring their return on investment?
1: Um, so for me, so it's a bit different than marketing in that sense. For me, like it's not, I always say at the beginning, it's not my, like, well, inevitably this work is going to get more people to see it. So it's going to improve your sales or your book sales or whatever. Right. But unlike a marketing department, that's not my job. And I really don't care, you know, to put it bluntly, because what I care about is you, I'm building your, like, it's not my job about your sales. That's your job job my job is to build your authority build your credibility so that whatever comes out of your mouth is taken seriously whether that's when you're selling a book whether it's when you you know if you're an executive or you know an entrepreneur that wants to build you don't have investors taken seriously or whether you are an executive guy that wants a corner office maybe you know wherever you are today today it might be the book the corner office the job but we're building your lifetime we're building your thought leadership you know so it's to me success is that media attention. Like, so at the very beginning, I'm not promising you're going to get a million sales. I'm not, promising. you may or may not. I don't even know. I have my clients, they've they been with me three years, they renew every single week. So clearly they're getting, you know, a good ROI out of it every month. But I've never asked, them, Have you got more book sales? Did you get more clients since you hired me? I never even asked because to me, the success is like, you know, is that okay? Here's the Oprah. That's the success. And then my job is to build on that, to add it to your profile, to add it to your bio, to get you the speaking. So when you come to me, you have to have a your frame of mind is like the success is developing me as a thought leader. You know, and that will help sell my book, that will help sell my product or whatever. But in the same time, it will also do so much more that you can't just be looking at that. You know what I mean? It's not just where's marketing, you're targeting you know we want them to I know marketing and sales are even different people confuse marketing with sales right but I mean they're a lot closer marketing and sales than sales and PR So, I when, that's a convoluted uh, dancer,
0: but. no I think it, it does help but when do you believe is the right time for somebody to even start saying, thinking seriously about getting a, a publicist you know at what point of their journey or at what point of whatever uh, career path they've chosen
1: So that's a really good question and I answer that one a lot of times people think, you know, so if if you have a book, even in the case of a book, I say there's no wrong time because again it's about building your reputation, if your goal is to sell a book and you're only going to do PR for like three months, then obviously you would time your PR, you know, somewhere in there like I would say before the book comes out, because it depends what you're looking for. Because if you want book reviews, for example, you hire the publishers before the book comes out so you can pitch it to all the review places that want it before you even, before it's published, right? And same with developing, even though the author might be like, well, why would I wanna get any articles until I have a book? Because they're thinking I want the, the article to link to the book or so people can go right to and buy the book, right? A direct action, which is good. But again, from my perspective, that's the secondary thing the first thing is that i want when the book comes out you'd already be an expert i would like to already send you in all these things in, in previous saying you know author of the upcoming book blah 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 and then you're going to be talking about you know not the book but the issues and the subjects and that around so we're developing your thought leader so for me it depends i can work at any time basically so you can hire you know the publicist right at the top like you would place the first ad you know like think about a priority because basically if you think about it as the publicist putting that gravitas behind you so that everybody when you open your mouth has that respect and seriousness and elevation then really there's no bad time so it can be strategic you know before a launch before a book before whatever but i say to me any expert that comes to me, if you're an expert i'm like you should be talking to media about it you should every single day there's opportunities you may decide in terms of the press release, when are you going to have a message that you're going to want to put out? Remember, I also spoke about all the incoming opportunities for experts of all kinds to just respond to, you know, those, and then you start building those blocks and, you know, no matter what you're doing as your ultimate goal, that's goal. So really it's, you know, when do you start, like to me, it's, you know, when do you start developing? the right net, like whenever you're every, we all have reputations right now, especially on the internet. Whether you know you're developing your reputation or not, you're posting things, you're linking things, your people are coming to a conclusion about you or they're just thinking, oh, that's nothing to see there. You know, so you already have those platforms. Why would it be bad to start building, you know, positivity and leadership on it?
0: So your book, uh, you know, what can readers take away from it and where do they find it?
1: Um, so all, I hope they learned all of this stuff. I hope they come out of it going, oh my goodness, that's something I've been completely missing. And also I hope they learned that from these podcasts as well because um, just a, one line, 80 to 90% of entrepreneurs have no conception or aren't thinking about PR and media, but there is not one corporation, big corporation in the world, not one, that doesn't have a PR slash communications department. So right there that shows you that entrepreneurs were not thinking about this, which is not on an equal footing. And they could be, they could actually parch way above their weight with a little bit of media. So yeah, you should learn. That's what I hope you guys learn from this in the book. And, um, and you'll be able to find it on proprietypublishing.com, on amazon.com. And I'm, I'm hoping in bookstores, but we'll know that soon. And that should be um, probably by the end of August. I'm hoping that it's going to be published.
0: And then um, as far as people that are looking to reach out to learn more about your services or perhaps to work with you, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Um, so you can reach me at media.com That's L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E, media.com. Uh, Instagram, Tracy Lamori, PR Media. LinkedIn is a great place to connect, Tracy Lamori. Old technology, you can reach me. Uh, Toronto number is 289-788-5881. Number in Beverly Hills is 424-444-8052. And right now, both of those are coming through to me in Canada because I'm seeing out COVID on this side of the border, though I should back in California by October.
0: Thank you so much, Tracy. I think it's been a pleasure hosting you and learning about you, as well as your company and the services that you provide. You've been on a fascinating journey yourself, you know, being an activist and then turning into a PR specialist. Um, (laughs)
1: Uh, Thank you, it's been a whole lot of fun. I really appreciate
0: it. Before I let you go, I'd like you to share one takeaway with the listeners, anything that comes to mind.
1: Okay, Um, I usually end with a phrase a little like I I, I want just like probably because I think it's important. A lot of people are not feeling successful and they should be, you know, because they, they're made it through all these times so <clears throat> whether you're feeling on top of the world right now and you still have goals, or you, you know, felt like jumping off a bridge yesterday, and you're standing here listening to this rolling your eyes and it's success, you know, either way you didn't, I love this, you guys, you didn't get this far to only get this far. So if you're successful and you've been rocking it and kicking it and you got goals, you can reach the top of the mountain. You can get, get that Grammy. Like I say to Jimmy Dennis, you can get, you know, you can reach that goal, but even more importantly, if things have not been going well, if, you know, the world just seems rough and everybody's an ass, you know, and it's been hard and people are trying to take you down and whatever it is that you feel, you got through it all, though, right? Like, you're, if you're listening to this today, you got through all that. You're still standing. You beat all that. And this world is a hard place sometimes. If you beat it all, you are absolutely a winner, no matter how you feel right now. So, you know, you didn't get this far. You didn't get through all that. You didn't get through all the, you know, all that to, to let the world get you down. So you didn't get this far to only get this far. Awesome.
0: Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank Wish you. you- Wish you the very best as you make progress.
1: Thank you so much, Azir.